The blast from our past network. Codrite! Codrite! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! No good for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every episode of Seinfeld back to back to back. And in this episode, I want to know what's the deal with the library. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And as I mentioned, we are doing Season 3, Episode 5, The Library. This episode aired on October 16th, 1991. My man, Corey, could you give us the synopsis? Yes, sir. The Library. The public library contacts Jerry about a book he took out but never returned back in 1971. He faces the wrath of a cantankerous library cop, Lieutenant Bookman, Philip Baker Hall. George relives his high school gym class. It's interesting that they put the the yeah yeah in the actual write up here. They they put the yeah Mister Lieutenant Bookman. I mean that's a huge get for them actor wise. Like that's a big yeah. thing. Um, yeah, I mean he has been in tons of stuff, and I was going to mention it later, but like that is surprising that they put him in there because. You know, they haven't put any other special guests, you know, so far before. No, but there, I, I, I hazard to, to say that there's not as many special guests that are as big as him either. Yeah, he's just been in tons of different things. Yeah, and can we, um, and while we're talking about him, um, I was, I did the YouTube, I was watching the behind the scenes videos, and the mm-hmm. main reason that this like even happened is because uh, Larry Charles loved Dragnet. That's kind of like the inception of this and the bookman, the bookman character. That makes a lot of sense, you know, just just seeing his style, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, but very, yeah, very Joe Friday. Yes. Uh, so, which we've already had some Joe Friday moment earlier uh, with Kramer and the statue. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, were you ever a Dragnet fan of either the show or the movie? Eh, I, I saw the movie. I saw the Dan Aykroyd, uh, Tom Hanks movie when I was younger. I don't remember how younger, but like it's one that I, I couldn't tell you a single scene from the movie. Right. I know, I know I've seen it. But I don't remember a damn thing about it. Okay, and, and I mean, you probably can't answer this question then. It, but is Bookman uh, anal- like like is he Dan Aykroyd's or Tom Hanks's character? Is he uh, make yeah okay yeah. yeah all right that's fine cool yeah I've never seen I've never seen the movie or the TV show, but I know it's like you know a big deal. I believe Dan Aykroyd is the more intense of the two, and 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 Tom Hanks was like the more of the straight man. Yeah, I think yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Yeah. All right. Well, this episode just like many others, starts off with a stand-up, this time about ventriloquist dummies. Many others, but not all. And not all of them are as bad as this one. So uh, <laughs> so, so does, it seem to, does, does it seem to you that the ventriloquist dummy has a very uh, active sexual social life? He's always talking about bringing ladies back to the suitcase at night. Uh, and there's always like a sawdust joke in there somewhere. He says kinky things because he's made out of wood. And we're supposed to believe he's alive because his face is so animated. But his feet are just dangling there. Dummy feet never look quite right, do they? One always, one's always askew. And you think to yourself, I don't think that's real. And that's it. That's the end of that. Uh, <laughs> that's you, you, you had to say that like word for word. I, you, <laughs> you know were, what? <laughs> I know. I was like, I wrote it down. I was like, I was like something. I don't even know how to like paraphrase this, you know, without even just like 
uh, <laughs> plagiarizing it. But yeah, I hate that stand up. I think it's stupid. <laughs> that's that's it me. Is, it's not a funny one. I also don't think it it doesn't tie in at all no. with the episode. And most of the other ones, there's some kind of tie in. There was nothing with that one. No, I felt like it was just material that they needed to just put in there. And the only thing good about that stand-up bit, I gotta say, is I saw, like, a picture for a Mr. Marbles movie. And they used, like, you know, one of these fake Photoshop things on, like, Seinfeld Reddit. Mm -hmm. And it was for, like, a Mr. Marbles horror movie. And the quote was, uh, you know, dummy feet don't look quite right, do they? Or, you know, they just quoted his stand-up. And the only reason I even, like, perked up on this particular stand-up was like, oh, yeah, it's from that. uh, Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, but that's (laughs) it, man. I was like, this is – and I'm like – is, is Jerry Seinfeld himself personally like have this weird fascination with like puppets or something? Because puppets come in a lot during this this uh, show with you know obviously George's mom the the, the mm-hmm. doll of her uh, Mr. Marbles obviously and yeah. and I don't think it's Larry David because I'm imagining Jerry does his own stand up uh, stuff. So does Jerry have a thing for like? Is he freaked out by like realistic dolls? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. That's a, that is a conspiracy. This is one of the tangents that you guys come here for. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's <laughs> uh, let's move right along. How about that? Okay. Uh, we're going to get into Jerry's apartment, and he's got a call about an overdue book from 1971. Uh, Kramer comes in. Uh, we are here. We find out that the book was Tropic of Cancer, and Jerry kind of talks about specifically he remembered uh, you know, when he turned that book in because he relates it to this cute girl from school who was wearing this orange dress. And so we kind of even get a little flashback uh, of her. Which is odd. You know, just, just her in the dress. It is odd. It was very different than we normally get um, from from Seinfeld style. Yeah. It's because it was more filmatic. It was, it looked different. Mm-hmm. It wasn't shot like a sitcom, you know? Yeah, which is good. I mean, that's what you want from a flashback. You don't yeah. want the flashback to look like the now. You need to have some kind of separation. <laughs> you say that, yet uh, later on, it does look like the now. They just wear wigs. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, Kramer kind of blasts the library, which is just kind of funny. His, his little rant, I, I find it to be pretty damn funny. Especially when Jerry's like, so you want to go to the library? He's like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. He's super excited about it. Yeah. I do like it when Kramer, like a puppy dog, is is excited to go and leave, like have something to do, essentially. As someone who works from home, I know that feeling when someone's <laughs> like, hey, you want to go for a walk? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Where do you want to go? Yeah, sure. <laughs> So, uh, so in the library, I love just the cut of them in the library and they're walking in and Kramer starts it off with the Dewey's decimal system. That's a scam. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. It's fucking awesome. I liked it. Yeah. (laughs) Just trash, trash talking Dewey decimal system right out of the Yeah. 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 Very true. Uh, so Jerry and Kramer, you know, they go up to the librarian and she's kind of busy doing stuff. You know, it's not that they're, she's ignore her. She's just pretty busy but they like they invent this whole like weird story about her kramer just kind of goes off on the deep end uh (laughs) just kind of like just kind of coming up with this entire kind of background about her you know it's a little creepy and then at the end of it he's like you know what she needs a little kramer (laughs) yeah that was awesome he decides that he's gonna go for and the librarian lets uh, Jerry know that, you know, he won't be able to discuss with her. It, the matter has been turned over to the libra- library investigator. And his name is Bookman, which <laughs> is awesome for 
a library investigator, lieutenant. He's he's ra- he's raised up to the to the rank lieutenant. Yeah. yeah, I mean he better be. He's been doing it for 25 years. But I yeah. I'm happy for the fact that they even called out his name being Bookman. Like I, mm-hmm. I like that it's it was like something they even addressed. I was like, yeah, because you have to. You can't let that slide. Very true. George comes in to the library and he tells them that he saw like, you know, he thinks he saw his old gym teacher. He, he, he believes pretty sure that he was the homeless guy outside the front, um, you know, and, and we kind of find out that George was the guy who got him fired. And I, I just want to take a moment. I hate and I know I'm meant to hate him. The fucking shusher. I fucking hate that guy. Yeah. And his red <laughs> nose, his weirdly red nose. <laughs> It's just, he's just like, hey, you know, they kind of play it up. I mean, they, they're doing it just like, you know, very, you know, relatable. Everybody at the library, you know, they've either, either shushed or been shushed. And that's what they're kind of playing up here. Um, but we find out that Bookman is going to have to go to Jerry's apartment later because he's out on a case right now. Uh, and so, all right, whatever. Uh, George and Jerry head out. Kramer decides to stay and hit on the librarian. <laughs> Uh, he's going on his own adventure. Yes, he is. Uh, speaking on own adventure, we get a whole little C storyline here. Uh, at our next cut, Elaine uh, is at her work. And honestly, this whole thing, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it now, Elaine can be cut from this episode, and that would be totally fine. Yeah. Um, just, I, I think. I mean, we, we see, we're we at her, uh, which I do think is the first time we see her place of work. Um, we're actually in her work, which we get multiple times throughout, you know, the series later on. Um, but we're in pendant publishing and apparently, you know, they didn't buy her a lunch. Um, and she also is, you know, having issues with, with, with Mr. Lippman, who is not the same Mr. <laughs> Lippman that we have seen meet and we know and actually like, you know, enjoy later. My, my only note from this storyline right here was bizarro Mr. Lippman. That is my only note. And yeah, it sucks, like man. There's many this... characters, you know, these many, many multiple mini side characters, they have different first actors and then they realize, oh, wait, I want something, somebody different. <laughs> yeah. And he was, was weird crazy. looking. I, don't, I didn't like him at all. I was like, ugh, bizarre Mr. Lipton is weird. Yeah, Lipman, I believe. Lipman, Not yeah, Lipman, yeah, my bad. Lipman. It's all right. Lip. Trying to, try to think, um, like, who are all the ones who have, who have had actor changes? So we've had Lipman has had an actor change. Both fathers yeah. had actor changes. Yeah. Um, uh, the uh, Who's the Serenity Now guy? Yes, um, he yep, he um, he was someone different for, first oh on. Oh, my God. Yeah. What's his name, though? Uh, uh, Lloyd Braun. Yep. Lloyd Braun is, was two different because uh, I think Lloyd Braun is also someone you heard about before you actually saw too. I can't yeah, don't hold me to so. that one. I, I think so. I, but I yeah, can't, I can't. I, don't, I can't remember if the first time we meet him is when Elaine and then meet him at, like at the yogurt shop or not. I do got to say I saw the proper hashtag my Lloyd Braun, uh, the proper one at <laughs> at Trader Joe's in uh, in Culver City one time, and oh. I, I wanted to go talk to him, but I was so incredibly baked. I was like, I just can't. I can't do this. Yeah, I should have, though. <laughs> I should have said Serenity now. I would say also technically the first time we hear Newman, it's uh, yep. Larry David. Yep. So And then we get Wayne Knight later. Okay, that might be enough. I mean, we it's, it's enough of a side tangent. Let's get back to the episode. <laughs> yeah, well, well, the fun thing is we'll discover them as we go along yeah. because while I remember this episode and I've seen it a gazillion times, I didn't remember Bizarro Mr. Littman at all. Yeah. And when I saw him, I was like, oh, oh God, that's weird. Yeah, I, I'm with you. <laughs> it is weird. Uh, also, probably it's because that storyline is just 
honestly worthless. Trash. Yeah, it's trash. Yeah, it's it's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, but all right. So at Monk's, Elena's kind of you know worried about her job because you know her boss isn't seeming to in- enjoy her right now. Um, we also learned that the gym teacher, what he would do to piss off George, he would call him can't stand you instead of Costanza and I love that this is classic dude this is classic Seinfeld I mean dude I still say like to people or like under my breath if I don't like somebody I still say can't stand you you know like yeah. it's just a part of my lexicon now at this point yeah and I, I yep. love how they always reference his his nasty teeth too his baked bean teeth Ooh, yeah that's so gross Ugh. and then we get a little flashback about, you know, some of the shit that happened to George and George is in the locker room and the uh, Heyman, the gym teacher, apparently has these kids give George a wedgie, uh, which is apparently what George whistleblowered on and got him fired. Um, and also we got a funny little thing where Jerry kind of lets Elaine know about this, you know, mythical atomic wedgie <laughs> that is also a thing out there in the world in the mythos if you will of you have to get the band above the head and i, I love the childlike glee in his eyes when he talks about the atomic wedgie <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i love i love elaine's re- response to all of this she's like good god like boys are sick you know like and then they're like well what do girls do and she's like we just yeah. make fun of somebody until they develop an eating disorder which is infinitely worse oh my god like, uh, her response was awesome i had to be like oh my yeah. god I, I had to stop it and just be like her i had to write that down because i love her response because you're right sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but like the way that you know she finds it so disgusting the atomic wedgie we find like, oh my god, it's so goddamn cruel what you did. Like the women, the way you're just warping someone's mind. Like I'd much rather just you know get a punch in the stomach, uh, you know, as opposed to being fucked with the head that is going to ruin me for years to come. And, yeah. that, and that's what she says. Uh, you know, the girls do to each other, which is no, is you know, not always true, but it no. is. It's funny. Yeah, but also it's, it's cruel and dark humor, honestly. Yeah, which which you and I both love our dark humor. That this is yeah. this is this is perfect Seinfeld dark humor right there. Um, but my other takeaway, dude, was like, man, like going to school in the seventies, like must have just sucked. Like, that, <laughs> I don't know, like none of that happened when I was a kid. Like having teachers like being horrible and cruel to you, but you always hear yeah. about it. Like, you know, I mean, I think that's why so many like eighties movies were made about being rebellious against teachers. I guess because like. I I don't know man maybe they're regard maybe they're always maybe teachers are always good or bad or whatever but you just heard about the worst ones more i don't know but you know what i feel like nowadays you couldn't get away with that for very long but clearly he couldn't get away with it either because as soon as george tattled on him he was fired so yeah yeah but i mean i, I definitely think you know quote unquote back in the day you know in the 70s and even somewhat in the 80s there was still a bit of that machismo mentality of yeah. you know you're allowed to be a little bit tougher uh, you know, quote unquote tougher. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's, uh, it's bullshit. Yeah. A lot of it's bullshit. Yeah, no, it's so, horrible. It's fucking horrible. Yeah. So George is determined to figure out, you know, if, uh, if that was the gym teacher and if he ruined his life and then we get a stand up about the library. Uh, now this is a good stand up. He talks about how, um, uh, libraries are like that friend we all had growing up, uh, that you would borrow stuff from and he would, you know, that person would just want to be your friend. So they just let you borrow everything. But at the same time, you could kind of like push them around. And he said, that's what, uh, they're like pathetic, like a pathetic friend. Yeah. It's like, that's what the library is. A government funded, pathetic friend. <laughs> that's why everyone bullies the, the library. 
what are you going to do? Charge me a nickel? I was like, yeah, that was that was a good one. I like that one a lot. What I like about that stand-up is it contrasts so well with the scene that comes afterwards and meeting Bookman. Yes. Because as, he as, says, oh, you can push around the library. And then, oh, my God, we meet Bookman in the very next cut. And it's like, oh, my God, Bookman is a badass. And as much as the ventriloquist act at the beginning just had nothing to do with it, this was absolutely mm-hmm. essential to your enjoyment of the upcoming scene, like you said. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we meet uh, Lieutenant Bookman. And he is, yeah, very Joe Friday, very, like, I don't know, noir-style detective, you know, kind of very dark and just he's he talks so damn fast, um, you know, he fantastically played, as we mentioned, by uh, Philip Baker Hall. He's just he's so serious. I love him as a side character. Oh my God. Uh, the, the way that the way that he he I mean, he doesn't like really switch, but he goes from like regular serious to hardcore serious <laughs> real quick. All right. And it is just it's awesome. He He's one of my absolute favorite side characters in all of Seinfeld. And I know he comes back in the finale, but like he is someone that I wish I could have seen more of. Yeah. I just, I crave more Bookman. <laughs> I mean, uh, dude, this scene is unbelievable. I have to, yeah. honestly, I got to put it up there as like one of my, it's definitely my top five Seinfeld scenes of all time, but mm-hmm. it might be like my top five, like favorite, like two minutes of TV, like ever filmed. Oh. It, it's unreal how funny it is. It's hilarious. And I love the one thing I really, truly love about doing Cartwright is because it forces me to pay attention to every moment of this show. And, you know, like with these movies I do on podcasting after dark, like I've seen all these things a million times, but like actually like watching it and actually paying attention, mm-hmm. you get so much more out of it. And I'm like, I'm watching the, this Bookman scene and I'm like, I just, I can't believe how good it is. I truly am like, I yep. can't believe this is like, it's like lightning in a bottle. Like you can try a million different combinations of different actors doing this. And this is the only one that works and it's perfect. It's perfect. It is. You're absolutely right. Um, just, it's a, monologue driven scene but it's not from any of the main characters it is from this other guy who is such a caricature that it is unbelievable like some of the lines i want to call out like you know oh i hear you're a comedian you, you like to make people laugh you think you, then he just turns around you think it's all a big joke don't you and like and the the audience honestly one of the times right here i'm not typically a huge fan of laugh track but it works really well here just because his insane seriousness, if it didn't have the, the laugh track, it might be like, man, this guy's going to kill Jerry. <laughs> but like it just the the insanity of how serious he is, um, it works really well with the laugh track coming out right behind <laughs> him. And just like everything just the way you put it, everything delivers. And it's particularly Bookman. Yeah. But like even Jerry just kind of like. Just kind of the way you see him rolling his eyes and the way him just like he is, you know, yes, the everyman that's like, wow, is this really fucking happening to me? Like, this is this is ridiculous. And and we're all laughing at how ridiculous it is. But 
it makes it that much better. And at the same time, one of my favorite side things to do in Seinfeld is kind of watch Jerry Seinfeld, the actor, try not to laugh. And (laughs) that's always a nice little bonus for me. And dude, he's just, he's trying to survive this scene. You know, like Jerry is literally trying to survive the scene because he knows it's, he knows it's gold. He knows as an actor, he's, this is insane. (laughs) It's amazing. And it's destined for greatness. It's truly destined for greatness. Everything Bookman says, every line he says mm-hmm. can be turned into a meme every single one of them uh it's they're oh my all God, yeah. they're all quotable every single line bookman has is quotable yeah very true i i my last note that i wrote about this thing is like i can't really take notes right now because i'm just sitting in awe of this monologue <laughs> you know? i didn't take a single note during this yeah. monologue bro and i didn't pause it i watched it like with my mouth open <laughs> just yeah, a gape so so good. Uh, but as Bookman's leaving, uh, the librarian that we met earlier is right across the hall at Kramer's apartment at the same time. Um, and she's, you know, worried that Bookman's going to find out about her. And she's just she's drawn to Kramer. I don't know. He's he must be the Kavorka or something, you know, <laughs> which we get later. But, you know, this woman is just drawn to him, uh, which is just kind of funny. So Jerry, you know, claims he's got a witness uh, and, you know, it's it's the cute girl that he remembered that we saw in the flashback earlier. He decides to give her a call uh, and meet up with her. Uh, So we kind of meet her through today. She's not nearly as cute as he remembered before. She's a little annoying, which is all kind of funny. Um, And he kind of asks her about the day. And what is also humorous to me is everything that he thought he remembered so well about that day is completely it's completely wrong because you know he couldn't she he couldn't remember the type of gum she used to chew or the color of her dress dentine jerry dentine and then she smiles and pearly whites (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly and he can't even remember the correct book it was because it was apparently traffic of capricorn no traffic of capricorn (laughs) instead of uh tropic of cancer that he was reading with her uh which apparently i've never read either of these books uh, but they're apparently steamy books from what this show is telling me oh see okay I, I thought I knew Tropic of Capricorn was real. I thought they made up Tropic of Cancer just to kind of I didn't know that that was. Oh, actually I have real. no idea. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, guys, correct us if we're wrong. <laughs> Let us. Know we have we are... have the internet right in front of us. No, well, you know what? This will be a call to action, guys. Please let us know in the Facebook comments if Tropic of Cancer or Tropic of Capricorn are actually real books because we neither of us really know. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> well, I just Wikipedia both of them. And they're both novels. Okay. Well, that's not <laughs> by, fun. I make by it. Henry Miller. Okay. I'm Sorry, it. I just <laughs> and, he, and he's a he's a real person. <laughs> yeah, and I was pretty certain of that, but yeah, whatever. Um, but you know, after kind of talking with her, Jerry eventually remembers, uh, and we get a flashback of him looking ridiculous in the seventies, just <laughs> as ridiculous as. George was uh, giving Trap of Cancer to George to read. And we, I mean, we didn't really call out George is wearing his gym uniform and he's got like this fake little like mini fro going on. <laughs> uh, dude, I loved, I loved his little afro. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And I loved Jerry's mullet thing, whatever that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Weird it was. He had very straight hair that kind of came down to like his lower neck and it was, it was so not weird. attractive. No, it was it so was, weird. But, it was very funny. Um, so we then see Kramer with the librarian in the middle of the empty, closed library. And, you know, and they're just enjoying the echo that they have. Hello, hello. Uh, 
And I love how Bookman comes out and he responds to their hello. And she is just kind of like frozen still in fear um, because she knows she's done something wrong by bringing in Kramer. Well, he has, into he has the another library. great like monologue about, you know, back yeah. in my day, like no, the, the librarian wasn't sexual. We didn't want to, she didn't have a private <laughs> life. We didn't want to know about her private life. She didn't have a private <laughs> life. And I was like, that was hilarious. It just every single second, every nanosecond that he's on the screen, yeah. he is exploding with hilarity. He is, is amazing. What, what I really called out right here was the way at the end when he he turns away from them and walks away. He flips his coat so aggressively <laughs> and he just flips it and then walks off. And it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. It's just like his point. He always does that point. Yeah, yeah. Jack. You know, yeah. <laughs> which which I I do the point, but it's never because of Bookman. It's always because of Lovitz. Good for you, Jack. And uh, we'll, we'll get to that one that one later. I love Lovitz's character. He's one of my favorites. I am a huge. Really? I'm a huge John Lovitz fan. Uh, like, in in real life, I'm a big John Lovitz fan. So good for you, oh, well. Jack. <laughs> okay. okay you're like oh, you. oh man we got a lot to talk <laughs> about <laughs> actually yeah i actually i didn't meet john lovitz but i saw him in the denver airport and he was being really weird um, uh he was we were at a i was at a sitting at a restaurant just eating food and lovitz was around that same restaurant but just going around to different tables and like i swear he looked it looked like he was asking people people for like food off their plate or shit oh, but no. he was just obviously looking for attention yeah it was just weird maybe he was trying I, to I, I, maybe it, he was trying to do the bill murray thing like steal one of their fries and be like yeah no one's ever gonna believe you and it's like but you're john lovitz buddy you're not bill murray man <laughs> <You're> <laughs> people, a lot of people are not gonna recognize you and they're just gonna fucking tackle you or some shit <laughs> well i still love yeah. him on seinfeld but we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that all right so then we see Elaine, uh, I think we're at Jerry's apartment, and we see Elaine, and she talks about her storyline. Again, I don't really care about it. Um, she's having issues at work. Kramer is reading the librarian's poetry, which is funny, which is bad poetry. We kind of hear it a little earlier, uh, and he's just crying over how you know dramatic it is. Um, and what I noticed, another weird thing that I noticed that I'm going to talk about real quick, did you notice how big Jerry's shirt was on him? <laughs> I, I noticed that it matched Elaine's shirt. That's what I took note of, yeah. is that his shirt was the same color as Elaine's. So I was like, oh, they're matching. Uh, yeah, dude, that was a big, weird 90s shirt. It was a bright pink, but like, it looked like he was wearing a 2X on someone who <laughs> should be wearing mediums, you know? <laughs> I, Dude, I think that was the 90s, man, because I, my wife loves Friends. I know you're not the mm. hugest Friends fan. Uh, no, um, no, no. I, I'm okay I'm, with it. Uh, yeah, I'm middle yeah, of the, the road. But more the more I watch it, the more I hate Ross. And, like, anybody who says Ross and Rachel should be a thing, I think they're idiots because Ross is the worst character easily on that show, <laughs> maybe of the entire 90s. Right, but I, I do love Red Ross later. So, uh, but 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 anyways, okay. um, and I was like, I was... Uh, Oh shit! What was I just talking about? What did we, I just... we were talking about big, big shirts. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, so you know, uh, yeah, and and so we were watching an episode, and Joey is wearing some like jacket, and it looks like it's like a triple X, you know, and it, but it's like a suit, mm. you know, like a suit jacket, and it's the oh, joke wasn't isn't... wasn't like an eight ball eight ball jacket. No, no, it was not an eight ball jacket. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I had to. I know. <laughs> I think I dude. I think I think the nineties nineties fashion was just trash, and that means because like right now we're living in like a very like eighties retro world, dude. Nineties fashion is coming soon man it's right around the corner we're gonna have real yep. big ass baggy suits for dudes 
Nice. Like talking head style? Yeah. Like the big, the big suit? Yes. Basic, okay. Yes. Basically talking head suits. <laughs> okay. Good reference. Right, good so... reference, by the way. I didn't know you were a big talking <laughs> heads you. fan. Oh, man. That concert film, Stop Making Sense, is actually, it's something that my family plays every Christmas. So every Christmas when we're back home, we have a little pool tournament just for fun, for funsies. And we always, you know, we're, we're drinking. And every time we have to have the Talking Heads Stop Making Sense on while we're doing our pool tournament. Is it streaming anywhere? Because I've always wanted to watch it, but I've never seen it. I don't know off the top of my head. I bought it on Blu-ray okay. a while ago. So it, I'm but not it's, sure. it's worth it's worth watching, obviously. You, you like it. Oh, it's... If you like their music, yeah. it's fantastic. Okay. Okay. All right, guys. Mark my words. I need to uh, <laughs> need to watch that. Yeah. Uh, all right. So George walks into the apartment, and we get a f- fantastic story from him. You know, he says it's definitely the teacher, and then he goes off on his own monologue, which is a fantastic monologue. Uh, he's saying he's trying to get away, but something was holding him back. It was Heyman. He had him by his underwear and he gave him a wedgie and it was just awful. And, you know, Elaine comes up and is like, you know, at least it wasn't atomic. And then George says it was. And he pulls up the underwear and they're fully like ripped off. Uh, It's a hilarious moment. It's a classic scene and classic monologue from George, in my opinion. Um, it, It was it was awesome. Yeah, I liked it. I liked uh, all of George's. I like George's B storyline in this one a lot. So much better than Elaine's storyline. Yeah. Uh, And what I really, really like about this, we also kind of get a little flashback about when George got the book. This was the same time, you know, in in that day where Heyman came with his, you know, other students and gave George the wedgie and he left the book. I love how... The two storylines of the bookman of the, you know, the leftover or the, the, sorry, the overdue book and George's Heyman stuff tied in together. That's fucking writing, man. That's good writing. Yeah. I like that a lot too. Yeah. That's, it was so good. That was such a good little scene. You don't get little weird scenes like that too often in Seinfeld. Like when they zoom in on, on Heyman, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, mumbling to himself, you know, you don't really At the very end. Yeah. yeah. At the very end. But yeah, I like how it all paid off. I like that interconnectivity. Exactly. Um, We get a scene right afterwards where Jerry is writing a check to Bookman and it's just kind of, you know, funny. You get a last little Bookman scene and him, you know, paying paying for the book uh whatnot and then yeah as you mentioned we cut to you're right a very kind of different shot that they don't typically do but it's a creepy shot just zooming in or kind of like dollying in on this creepy homeless dude with baked bean teeth who's just saying to himself can't stand you can't stand you and then it and then it uh it tilts down to an old copy of tropic of cancer because he apparently took the book that george left behind so all that kind of stuff all just interconnected and that works really well for me yeah and but speaking of storylines that don't work well i i I know we're at the end of the episode but i forgot to mention so did elaine steal the lady's poetry to give to to bizarro Littman, uh or did she ask permission like because all we know is that Littman didn't like it yeah i i she left the poetry or at least kramer left it in jerry's apartment and then she took it and took it to pendant publishing I would imagine, yeah, she she stole it, but like at the end, I, I cared so little about it. But yeah, apparently Littman didn't care for it. And but there's no there's no resolution to it. There's no anything about it. Yeah, no, and but I don't know, man. Like the fact that she stole it's kind of fucking shitty. Like, like okay, if yeah. and you know, I guess we gotta assume that if 
Pen, uh, uh, Zara Lippman liked it, she would have given the royalties to the to the lady. I mean, but she may she may not have sold. She may have just borrowed it from Kramer to show it yeah. to him to to Lippman. I don't know. Yeah, but, I don't want to assume that she stole it. Yeah, but I mean, you're right, dude. Her her storyline in this one was just trash. Yeah, she. I mean, she could have been fully removed from this episode and i honestly think the episode probably would have been better off for it i wonder if they had to quickly i mean this is assuming that they shot these actually in order but if jason Mm -hmm. alexander had his talk with larry david you know uh after the pin you know after they they filmed the pin and he wasn't Mm -hmm. there maybe they had to quickly write you know her into this laying into this episode just mm-hmm. to be like okay we don't want to you know her to be mad at us too now so like, i don't know it felt like it had no no connectivity to to anything else in it basically it just it felt like it was tacked on yeah they tried to force the connectivity of the poetry that kramer was reading from the librarian into her storyline just a little bit but it really was unnecessary and it didn't really work yeah i agree i agree so all right well let's let's talk about our you know overall thoughts about this episode uh cory my man would you start us off sure but we can also talk about the final stand-up real quick too oh yeah (laughs) i forgot about it i well you know what uh it's it's forgettable buddy that's why um any day uh any day you had gym at school was a weird day uh it starts off kind of normal with all and then all of a sudden you're in the lord of the flies everyone's you know climbing ropes and you know hitting each other with dodgeballs and then you got to go back to class and just something feels off about the whole day i'm like you know what jerry something feels off about your joke right there um i I think he just wanted to equate you know the gym to lord of the flies is all that Mm -hmm. boiled down to it was one of the more forgettable ones i'd say yep i'd agree but yeah okay so after that little pointless diversion (laughs) back to our final thoughts um you did the last one so i'll 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 jump on this one you know Mm -hmm. when i watched it my I had a weird takeaway. I was like I was like, you know what? I don't know if I love this episode. Bookman. I love Bookman. I think he's fantastic. And I'm like, but I don't know because I wasn't laughing too much. Uh, you know, when they were in the library at the beginning, and you know, Elaine's storyline's not great, the final stand-up's not great. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, I really think I might not like this episode, even though I like certain aspects of it, but it's one of those times where talking to you about it really kind of like sort of put it in perspective. I got to, I, I, I didn't pick up on a lot of the connective tissue, or at least I didn't, maybe I didn't, you know, fixate on it as much, but you and I talking about the connective tissue and how the, the storylines actually like ran parallel and then kind of went back together and then broke apart and then came back together again. I was like, you know what? No, that's, that's freaking awesome. Like, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, there is some problems with this episode it's not perfect um and and bookman elevates it to just a next level must watch episode but i really think it's really well written i think it's a really good episode with some small problems elaine storyline being the main one yeah so what uh what'd you think of it yeah i find this to be a fantastic episode and i think probably maybe my energy on this one just kind of helped elevate it for you to an extent um, as I mentioned before, Elaine's storyline is the biggest weak point of the episode. Um, I would be totally fine with her just being cut from the episode fully. Um, but Kramer with a librarian, George with Heyman, Jerry with Bookman, all of those scenes that all of them are in like together or just like that whole, those storylines, all three of them are fantastic. Um, 
I, I find it to be hilarious. I love how they interweave and interconnect. It is really good writing. I really am a big fan of this episode. I'm not going to say it's as big as, or it's as, it's, I'm not going to say it's as fantastic as the Chinese episode, but when I'm going through like my numbers, I think it's probably, I liked it better than the pen episode, which I gave the pen episode a four and I gave the Chinese episode a 4.5. So I'm like, well, fuck, I'm not going to, you know, be super, uh, you know, nitpicky and do 4.25 for this one, but I think it's better enough than the pen episode. So I'm giving it a 4.5 out of five atomic wedgies. (laughs) I, I think... I think this episode is just that damn good. Uh, sans the Elaine stuff and sans some of the stand-up. But I, I don't really count some of the stand-up stuff into the episode. But maybe, I mean, I, you know, it is part of the episode. And honestly, the way that he talks about the library as being a pushover and then seeing how much it's not with Bookman, um, that really did make that whole scene even better for yep. me. So, yep. so, yeah. So, I mean, this is this is one of my favorites. Probably going to end up being my favorite of the season. We'll see. Uh, we've got a whole bunch more to go. We're only on episode five <laughs> of the season, but uh, we've had some good yeah. stuff, man. Like, like we're only on episode five, and there's a lot of shit happening. A lot of a lot of references and stuff that I I didn't think were this early on. Um, but mm-hmm. to to go to the three episodes, you know, just put it how how I feel about it. If we're going to talk about um, the Chinese restaurant, the pen, and this, mm-hmm. uh, I would probably put it in that order: Chinese restaurant, the pen, and then okay. this. But all that being said, the Bookman scene is better mm-hmm. than anything. Like <laughs> yeah. you know, you know what I mean. Like like that yeah. scene alone is one of my favorite scenes ever. Like I said, it's one of my favorite two minutes of TV ever made. So it elevates the episode, but as a whole, I, I don't love it as much. But I definitely definitely enjoy it more than I did before we started talking about it. You definitely made it more enjoyable as a whole to the point where actually I, I might just go watch it again now just to kind of, you know, <laughs> with, you know with new eyes. I've been drinking. Who cares? Yeah. Well, the wife's yeah. out. Uh, she's she's seen a movie with our nephew where I'm recording. So, yeah, yeah. I might just go watch it again. <laughs> Smoke some weed and drink some more beer. Yeah. Smoke That's and a, dope. Yeah. That's good. Good use of your time, I would say. I I would say that is great use of my time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, all right. So how about uh, how about I start off by telling everybody about my usage of time? <laughs> and what I like to do is I like to create podcasts with my brother. And we are on a podcast called the Blast from Our Past Podcast. And you guys can listen to us every single week. We are talking top ten episodes. We're doing movies and tv shows and we do fan castings and we do album reviews so check us out uh you can find us on instagram and facebook at at blast Pass cast and uh sometimes we'll even have our man Corey on it you're on multiple episodes and you're even on a patreon exclusive episode with us which uh we had a fantastic trivia back and forth which was really good uh so how about you tell us uh on besides the bfop uh, show <laughs> where on the Beefop network can you be found? Oh man, you really want to push that Beefop? <laughs> it makes sense. You gotta sound cool, man, and Beefop sounds cool. <laughs> oh god. Um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Corey Nation. That's where I'm most active. And uh, podcast wise, you can hear me every every week here with my buddy Adam on Cartwright. You can hear me every other week on Podcasting After Dark with my buddy Zach, where we talk about uh, weird cult horror movies. 
movies from the 80s and whatnot. And um, both of those are, obviously all these are on the Blast From Our Past network uh, with, as well, our friends at the Friday Five podcast. They are also on the Blast From Our Past network and they are awesome, awesome dudes. And, uh, you know, if you guys get a chance, any of our podcasts, all four of them on the network, if you can, you know, give us some love on Apple Podcasts, that would be wonderful. That's still where we kind of get our most, most of our listeners come from Apple Podcasts, a lot from Spotify too. But um, if you could give us a five-star rate and review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be great. And definitely, definitely check me out on uh, Blast From Our Past Patreon when uh, I go head-to-head with Adam over here on tri- on pop culture trivia from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. So I won't mm-hmm. I won't tell you who won, but I will tell you it gets ugly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's, it's a lot of fun. It doesn't get ugly it's at good all. Shit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we will see you guys next week. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get.